This is K.M. Wyland, and you're listening to the 151st episode of the Wordplay Podcast. With the arrival of my editor's notes on Dreamlander, I was juggling three writing projects there for a bit, and three is one too many for me. I managed to finish up Storming's character sketches this week, and I put it aside for the moment until I can finish this round of edits on The Deepest Breath. Gives my brain a little more time to stew before I dive into the actual outline. So, it's been a flurry of editing around here. Papers flying, inkpots everywhere. Yep, a writer lives here. The July issue of my e-letter hit inboxes last week. It included the usual roundup of inspirational quotes, creativity jumpstarters, and helpful links, as well as the article, Why Your Story Must Make Good on Its Threats, and my response to a subscriber's question about finding beta readers. If you're not receiving the e-letter and would like to, you can sign up for my mailing list on my website at kmwyland, that's w-e-i-l-a-n-d, dot com, slash mailing, dash list, dot php. You can read back issues online at kmwyland.com, slash e-letter, dash issues, dot php. A quick ode against that. The latest post in the video series on my blog discusses a needless filler word and how we can identify it and stamp it out. To watch it, visit my blog at wordplay-kmwyland.blogspot.com. New videos are posted every Wednesday. And now, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Why do bad books get published? One of the most common beefs among writers is that the industry is absolutely glutted with bad books. A common riff of encouragement in writing how-to books and blogs is that the unpublished author should take heart, because all he has to do is open a recent bestseller and claim the mantra, I can write better than this. Of course, when said author remains unpublished, this thinking can eventually wind its way into grumpiness and discouragement. If this is the sort of gunk being published... Obviously, good books like mine stand no chance. I say this with my tongue tickling my cheek, but the very prevalence of the question makes it a worthwhile one. So, why do bad books get published? And what does that mean for unpublished authors who are writing quality stuff? Let's split this answer into three parts. Number one, bad books are subjective. One man's doorstep is another man's all-time favorite book. We all have different tastes and expectations. I think Patrick O'Brien's Aubrey Matterin series is the height of style and brilliance. But several people to whom I've recommended the books have loathed them. By the same token, I've had others recommend a book to me as being the all-time bomb, only to have it turn out, in my opinion, to be an all-time dud. So who's right? Me? Them? How about all of us, including the agents and editors who greenlit all those books in the first place? Agent Jessica Faust wrote that the comment about bad books makes her mad because it implies that editors and agents, those of us in the business, have no taste and don't know what makes good writing or a good book. And it implies that readers have no taste because if we're catering to them, obviously someone likes these so-called bad books. Number two, readers aren't writers. Writers make up a specialized but very small part of the reading public. As specialists of the craft, we're naturally hyper-aware of technical gaffes and structural problems. The average reader isn't going to be anywhere near as likely to notice or care about all the little things that drive us, rightfully, if perhaps overzealously, mad. They just care that they're given a good story. 
Anecdote alert. I have many musician friends whom I enjoy watching perform. Inevitably, when they come off stage, they apologize for a wrong note or missed lyric, and I'm like, huh, what? As a total non-musician music lover, I hardly ever catch the mistakes they're so worried about. I just know I enjoyed the show. All of which is to say that what an author may call a bad book may pass the average reader's test with flags waving. Number three, sales are king. Tough to swallow as it may sometimes be, you can't argue with sales. If a hundred gazillion people loved a book enough to buy it in hardback and write gushing reviews on Amazon and Goodreads, then its technical badness just doesn't matter. It may be shoddy cliched writing, or maybe not, with a decided focus on entertainment over quality storycraft, or maybe not. But the very fact that it's selling means the news isn't all bad, especially to the publisher, editor, agent, writer, and yep. The readers. At the end of the day, it's the readers who tell the publishing houses what's good and what's not, and it's their money that does the talking. Agent Sarah Lapala points out, big blockbuster novels are like big blockbuster movies. In the publishing world, good doesn't always mean well written. Well written books are well written books, but good books have a broader definition. In publishing terms. Good means a book that connected with its intended audience, and maybe even crossed over to reach a wider audience. So, don't much like these answers. Well, to be honest, neither do I. And you know why? Because I want everyone to agree with my opinion of what makes a good book. I want all those readers with their talking money to support the kind of stories I write. I want art and quality, as I see it, to trump grungy old entertainment and commercialism. But of course, that's not the way the world or the publishing industry, traditional or independent, works. So, what can you do about it? Well, to begin with, you can write the best book you're capable of writing. Write a book you know you would be thrilled to read. And while you're doing that, it's also probably worthwhile to consider some wise words from yet another agent, Rachel Gardner. If you're just a reader, someone outside the community of people who produce books. You can complain and criticize all you want, but once you decide to join the club, I think it's time to take the high road. I think the appropriate thing to do is to try our darndest to lift other writers up, not put them down. I think it's best to try and honor the process of other writers, even if we can't admire their work. And we need to acknowledge that if a bad book is selling, there must be people who like it. The truth is, when we put down other writers, it sounds like we're saying. I can do better than this, and it's unattractive, no matter how true. If you can do better, then do it. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, visit me on the web at wordplay-kmyland.blogspot.com, and be sure to listen again next week. 